Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. It can be a little nerve-wracking to have some teenagers in your home. At one point, I had five teenagers, and letting them make good decisions um, was kind of a hard process, but I got down just practically to this point. When they're 15, I didn't tell them this, but when they're 15, whatever, really. I just don't care if you want potato chips and you know store-bought white bread for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't care because when you're 25, 26, and off my medical... Uh, that's when it's all going to catch up with you. Now, sometimes that can be a little simplistic, and I'm smiling as I say that. But, Danny, there are times when you and I have both had situations with our teen or preteen where, man, it's kind of scary letting them make decisions. Yeah, they're they're making decisions and making mistakes, and we have to be okay with them growing through those mistakes, maybe failing at times, maybe deciding not to do their homework one night or showing up to practice late or not even showing up to practice, or not going to bed on time when they have a big test the next day. These are big decisions that they need to make. Uh, and just maybe going through the consequences, if they say, man, I didn't do as well on this test, or I didn't play as well in this game, or the coach benched me, process those with them. And not, I told you so. It's what do you think you could have done differently? What didn't go right? Mm-hmm. Process it with them because they're growing into adults, and their reasoning isn't always... Uh, with a tremendous amount of common sense. Yeah, and I just always go back to me in my teenage years. I wasn't a real work of art. (laughs) I was a work in progress. Well, uh, Dr. Gary Chapman has some great things to say about this topic, and uh, here he is now talking with Jim Daly. What in us wants to maintain the control? Why do we overreach in that regard? We want to control that teenager beyond what's healthy. I think... Primarily because we care. We really do care. We don't want them to make poor decisions. Some of us look back on our own lives and realize we made poor decisions. We don't want them to do what we did. Or we see other teenagers making decisions that are detrimental to life, and we don't want that to happen to them. I think it's genuine concern. But what we have to recognize, Jim, is that that can be very detrimental because if we hover over them and we make all the decisions and don't let them make any decisions, By the time they get to be 18, they're going off to the university with no Mm. idea how to make decisions. Mm. So I say you start this young, before teenage years. You say to the three-year-old or four-year-old, do you want to bring your tricycle in before dinner or after dinner? (laughs) They get to make a decision. (laughs) And as teenagers, we do the same thing. There's parameters. You know, within this framework, you can make decisions. Will they make some bad decisions? Yes. But you now, you have the framework. Anything within that framework is not going to be too bad. Mm. And if they make a poor decision, they will learn from it. That when there's poor decisions, there's negative consequences. Uh, That is so good. And I've never thought of it this way. But let me pop you this question, which may be too difficult to answer. How do you think God looks at teenagers? I think he sees all of us as teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Rebellious, independent. Yeah, that's fair. But isn't this what God does? He gives us guidelines. You know, don't do these things and do these things, and we know they're all for our good. But he gives us the freedom to make the wrong choice. But mm-hmm. we suffer the consequences. 
And from the consequences, we learn, and he's there with open arms to say, you can come home. <laughs> you can come back from that poor decision now. You know, the prodigal son picture is a beautiful idea. Well, that. and I love that simplicity because I ask that question with that purpose. So often we overcomplicate the way this life works. But I think it's that simple. The way God has described it, his character, his nature is in us. I mean, he's being that example as a good father. And you're right. We all do act like teenagers. <laughs> and that's a that's a great place to start. Hey, let's continue now. We, we ended last time briefly touching on quality time. And let's go back there. Uh, with quality time, um, so often, if there's strain in that relationship, maybe there's no communication occurring or very little. The quality time is maybe getting one meal a week with that child, and you're trying, but the walls are up. Uh, the child's not opening up to you as a teenager. They've been wounded for whatever reason, rightly or wrongly. How does that parent uh, who notices this teen of theirs, their primary love language is quality time, but they're not connecting? How do they crack that code? Jim, I'm going to go back to one of the things we said yesterday in the program, and that is there's a proper place for parents to apologize to teenagers. And I know some parents think if I apologize to them, they will lose respect for me. Mm. No, the opposite's true. Your respect will go up in their mind because they know you're wrong. They know the things, some things you've said and done are wrong. And when you acknowledge that, you open the door to the possibility of forgiveness, the tearing down of the wall, and then going deeper with them. Mm. Another suggestion I'd make is after you apologize for whatever you see that's been a failure on your part, to say to them, I really want to be a better dad or a better mom. So I want you to think about this. You don't have to give me an answer now. But tell me one thing that I could do or stop doing that would make me a better dad. Mm. That's a great question. And it, when they answer that question, you'll probably know their love language. You know, Jim Daly uh, said just the other day he does a, a quarterly report card with his kids where he asks them how he's doing as a dad. And I think what Gary Chapman was talking about and Jim's perspective, both very, very helpful. Um, getting that quality time with your kid and having conversations so you can go a little deeper into life is really imperative. A little uh, scary, perhaps, but go for it. Uh, they resonate with authenticity. So as you lower your guard and you just say, hey, I'm, I'm not perfect, I'm trying, but how do, I, how do I improve? I think you're going to find your teen is more interested in seeking out your opinion. Danny, that's especially crucial as they kind of inch their way toward independence. You want to be able to speak into their lives. You do, and they, they want to they have more opinion, yet they, are, they have enough anxiety that they do want input. They want to know that you know them well and they, that you know the culture well. Uh, they also, I, I've found this consistently, that they want to see if you're going to be consistent with what you're setting up with them, whether it be a system in the home or if it's going to be time together. Are we going to have a, a consistent time together? Those are important for teenagers, whether, whether we think they really like them or not. Having that dinner time once a week together just one-on-one -on -one, or maybe a walk together one-on-one. -on -one. And that's where those love languages come in. Mm -hmm. We need to understand those and then be consistent with pouring into those uh, and then asking them for their opinion on some things. So what do you think about this? Or uh, what are you finding interesting in your life? And help me understand that. And you become more of a listener 
than a teacher mm-hmm. uh, and being patient with how they're hammering out their thoughts and thinking through things uh, and then uh, asking, hey, do you, what do you need from me? Do you want me to give you input? Because I love listening to what you're talking about. And sometimes they will be way off track. And that's where you as a parent need to decide what is the best way to enter that place where they may feel be misled. I mean, mm-hmm. the reality is a lot of teens are dealing with vaping right now. They're dealing with uh, worldview messages that are way off. And so it's not like you sit back and just ignore that, but you want to understand where they came up with what, they're, what they've come up with. Well, yeah. how did you come up with that perception or that worldview? Help me understand it because I see it completely different. Now you can have a much more adult conversation with respect towards one another and really seeking to understand from them what how they've come up with mm. what they've come up with. Yeah, I uh, have had some situations with my kids where I find myself being the homeschool dad for a long, long time, having to just let go of the teachable moment, if you will, and let it instead be a listening moment, because mm-hmm. that's really what they need. They, they may not say it, but what they really want is, who do you think I am, Dad? I'm not an idiot. Uh, you know, you give me some space here. But if you think I'm really way off, go ahead and say something. It's it's very nuanced, but the time together is crucial. Otherwise, they end up uh, feeling like you're criticizing me all the time or you're always telling me stuff and just let go of it, would you? One thing that we forget to do is the playfulness, being mm-hmm. able to smile with a genuine, friendly type of in, – in a genuine, friendly type of way to our kids to say, hey, I – I am excited that, that I have life with you as my son. Mm. Yeah, and, and showing that, that love, but also the playfulness that we forget often when we're focused on tasks or we see our child needing to go to college and needing to do applications. Stop and be playful in a way that is meaningful between you and your child. They still have a playful side to them as well. That's good advice. Well, check the show notes for the link to our website so you can get a copy of Dr. Gary Chapman's great book, The Five Love Languages of Teenagers. And if you can, please make a donation of any amount to support the ministry of Focus on the Family. A monthly gift is super. It helps us kind of plan out the budget year. Um, If you're not in a spot to do that, a one-time gift of any amount makes a big difference. Please, no amount is too small. Uh, Make a donation today and get your copy of The Five Love Languages of Teenagers. Next time, more from Dr. Gary Chapman. And for now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.